You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Pain.tv slash Gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard episode 162, part three. All right, now you're going to also see here, this is a really good source, this article we're reviewing, because it really breaks down um, everything that, that OpenAI is now being injected into. As I said, your kids, whether you realize it or not, are already interacting uh, with this artificial intelligence. We'll show you that mo- momentarily. So th- this section here talks about cost-effectiveness. All right, OpenAI and ChatGPT using Microsoft Azure's cloud computing services instead of building out their own data centers. The company and its model can rent the infrastructure, benefiting from savings and operating expenses through a pay-per-use pricing model and capital expenditures through limited upfront investment. Uh, So this gets into pay-per-use pricing and upfront investment. We don't need to go into that. Uh, I don't think you really need to um, know how they're paying for this. That's kind of small potatoes in in the big scheme of things, folks. It says Azure OpenAI and Microsoft's Cloud AI service. Azure OpenAI, all right, so this is Microsoft's OpenAI, their partnership there, is a service provided by Microsoft that allows businesses and developers to directly access and use pre-trained large-scale generative AI models from OpenAI, such as ChatGPT 3.5, to build their own artificial intelligence applications. So, as I've explained to you in the past, if Peter Thiel, Elon Musk, and others didn't launch OpenAI, there would be no OpenAI partnership with Microsoft, and Microsoft would not be allowing other folks to go in and continue to build more AI tools that'll be used for vaccine productions and targeted autonomous military weapons and all this other stuff grows out of these folks like Elon Musk and Peter Thiel on behalf of the government as oligarchs launching these projects and bringing them to the consumer market. So they can't hide behind this idea that, well, we weren't really involved with it. Yeah, you created the platform for it. Goes on to say, importantly, Azure OpenAI allows developers to integrate the capabilities of OpenAI models into their own projects and build new applications based on its capabilities, often by leveraging Microsoft Azure's existing AI solutions like Azure Cognitive Services and Azure Machine Learning. Additionally, Azure OpenAI provides a means for developers to globally scale and deploy OpenAI models in a secure and reliable way. So OpenAI at this point can be injected into everything, folks, into the smart cities, the smart poles. You have no idea. We could never trace and track all of it at this point. It goes on to say, in January 2023, Microsoft announced the general availability of the Azure OpenAI service, allowing more businesses to apply for access to OpenAI's API services, including GPT-3.5, an upgraded version of OpenAI's GPT-3 model, Dolly 2, and Codex. Through the Azure OpenAI service, businesses will soon be able to access ChatGPT, a fine-tuned version of GPT-3.5 that has been trained and runs inference 
on Azure AI infrastructure. So now it just gets opened up. The floodgates are open. This gets poured into everything, folks. And this is uh, what we talked about just in simple terms, ChatGPT becoming the chatbot for customer service uh, with AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, et cetera, et cetera. You will just be commu- uh, communicating with AI and all created, all kickstarted by the likes of Peter Thiel and others. Same thing I showed you where Peter Thiel kickstarted Ethereum. Uh, the cryptocurrency that then grew out into consensus, the software platform that's now working with the central banking system, developing all of these uh, central bank digital currency pilot programs. All right, it goes on to say how to use Azure OpenAI. Um, I'll read a little bit of this. It says Azure OpenAI is generally available, but the service currently requires an Azure subscription and registration via application by completing a, a form. Once access is granted to the Azure OpenAI service, customers can use OpenAI's models through REST APIs, a set of rules for accessing web-based software, uh, Python SDK, or by creating a resource which will link them to Azure OpenAI Studio, uh, web-based interface. All right. Um, we don't need to get into all that. It says Microsoft OpenAI integration in consumer and enterprise. Now, we want to uh, focus on this for a moment. It says Microsoft has already integrated OpenAI's models into several of its first-party consumer and enterprise products, namely Microsoft 365, Dynamics 365, Power Platform, uh, GitHub Copilot, and Microsoft Designer. Ultimately, the company's goal with these integrations is to improve user experience and enable more efficient, accurate, automated tasks. So it's embedded here into Microsoft 365. It says OpenAI's models are integrated into Microsoft's productivity and collaboration tools, such as Office and Microsoft Teams. So the last I knew of in the public school indoctrination center system, uh, they were having kids set up Microsoft 365 accounts. So therefore now OpenAI, Peter Thiel, Elon Musk, is now embedded into Microsoft. Microsoft puts it in works in 365. So now your kid at school is interacting directly with Peter Thiel and Elon Musk's creation. Uh, Also funded with DARPA money, government money, DOD money. You see how that works? So you say, well, I'm not going to let my children and grandchildren interface with this. It's already happening. You don't realize it. You really don't realize how many things you're touching a day that were actually run through the hands of the uh, technocrats and the transhumanists. It says in Office, right, Microsoft Office, OpenAI's models can be used to assist with writing and formatting tasks, while in Microsoft Teams, the models can help with scheduling and meeting transcription. Uh, Dynamics 365, OpenAI's models are integrated into Microsoft's enterprise resource planning, customer relationship management, that's a CRM. If you have a business, you're familiar with that to improve customer service experience. For example, using OpenAI's natural language understanding technology, Dynamic 365 can comprehend and respond to customer inquiries more efficiently. So that's like the chatbot I talk, told you about. So from the consumer end, you think you're talking to a human. You're actually talking to a robot. From the business end, you're deploying uh, Peter Thiel and Elon Musk artificial intelligence to actually chat 
back and forth with your customer. Uh, Power Platform, uh, GitHub Copilot, and Microsoft Designer. Those are three more. Not going to get into all of this stuff. But now you see how OpenAI, based on Microsoft's investment, is now being embedded into everything. Now, let's take a look here. Future OpenAI integrations in Microsoft's consumer and enterprise products. Microsoft's chief executive officer, Satya Nadella, has stated that his company plans to incorporate artificial intelligence tools into all of its first-party products and every layer of the stack for other businesses to build on. Examples of Microsoft's products that could in the future integrate with OpenAI's models include Bing, LinkedIn, OneDrive, and Xbox. And so I'm not going to get into all this. Bing is their search engine. LinkedIn, you know, it's like a professional version of Facebook. Uh, OneDrive is a, uh, uh, it it allows folks to uh, store information and documents and be able to summarize the content of the documents. And then Xbox is obviously their gaming solution. So as you can see now, OpenAI, the point of this, folks, one, you start to see the purpose of the data centers. You understand they need the data centers in certain areas to be able to deliver this type of AI uh, content, AI programs, AI software. On top of it now, we know that OpenAI is being embedded into all these Microsoft products. And now we know that OpenAI is so open that they're allowing everyone else to come in, grab hold of it, its data sets, its machine learning training, start to embed it in all their products and software. So that's all of a sudden now, OpenAI, boom, it comes in, it's going to be embedded inside of everything. Now, if they give access to OpenAI uh, for free, let's say in the form of Dolly or in the form of chat GPT. Now, here's one of the issues that's going on. I started reading some articles. Where do the copyrights come from? So if you generate a story or an essay on chat GPT, or you generate a graphic, let's say, I don't know, you made a a book uh, cover. Uh, Does that graphic belong to you? Does that story belong to you? Or does it belong to chat GPT or Dali? Or does it belong to OpenAI? Or does it belong to Microsoft? Or does it belong to any one of the third-party companies who built their service on top of OpenAI? How does this work? Well, as of right now, no one really knows. You take one of these graphics editors, MidJourney, and they basically say that if you're using the free version, you can use the image, but you can't make money off it, an image that you created on there. If you pay for the service which ranges between 10 and $60 a month, then you can resell those images. But the question is, if you stop paying for the service, can you still sell the image? Or does now those rights go back to the originator of it, MidJourney? And don't think you're going to trick it because everything is tagged, everything is scanned, everything is cataloged. A lot of this being done uh, on a blockchain-type system. It's complicated, folks. But this is the world we're moving into. This is the world of technocracy. This is the culture of technology. This is the world of artificial intelligence where nothing makes sense. No one knows what to do. I've been reading articles on healthcare and what happens when you log on and you talk to Glenda and she 
has you lift off the uh, list off your symptoms. She tells you you have X, Y, and Z. Next thing you know, Amazon delivers you drugs. You take the drugs, it kills you. Who's in trouble? Well, where did the service originate? I don't know. Was it OpenAI? Was it the company that built on OpenAI? Was it Zoom because you connected on Zoom? Was it Peter Thiel? Was it Elon Musk? Did you enter it through a doctor's office? Is it the doctor? See, this is what we're setting up here. Giant, giant, giant system of chaos. You're building a world run by robots and artificial intelligence. And then if they don't work, no human or company or corporation or organization or entity along that supply chain wants to take blame, wants to have any liability if something goes wrong. And then on top of it, you deal with the copyrights. What happens? You create a book, you sell it on Amazon, you get lucky. I don't know, you sell 50,000 copies. The next thing you know, you made yourself a few hundred thousand dollars. And then what? Chat GPT, Dolly come knocking at your door saying, you don't have the right to sell that. We created it and we own it. Who knows, folks? It is a wild, wild world out there. Welcome to the Wild West of technocracy. I'll be right back. This is Dust to Gold with the Dust to Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dust and Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dust and Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Now, let's take a look at this. Because now we know Microsoft goes in, they make this investment. I'm going to go through this, and then we're going to sort of work uh, backwards. I, I will show you some of the, the military money that's inside of this, uh, a little bit about what the government's been doing, and then we're going to kind of work back to the beginnings of OpenAI, some of the promises that were made, which have now obviously been broken, which is always the case, ladies and gentlemen. Promises are made to be broken. All right. This is at Wired.com, and this is written in November 2019. All right. Can AI built to, quote, benefit humanity, end quote, also serve the military? All right. It says Microsoft's $10 billion Pentagon contract. All right. So this is separate from the $10 billion promise that Microsoft made to open AI in return for 49% of the company. It says Microsoft's $10 billion Pentagon contract puts the independent artificial intelligence lab OpenAI in an awkward position. Now, remember, I just told you, Peter Thiel and Elon Musk, both government military contractors, were two of the original founders of OpenAI. So it started with these uh, Tony Stark military contractors uh, creating this. So, in a sense, this is almost distraction, but it is important, right? Because now you see how much control Microsoft has over OpenAI, and they're the ones that are now 
in charge of essentially housing the data, processing the data, and then bringing the product to the consumer market, introducing it to businesses to start incorporating it into their projects, which then will be used for business-to-business or business-to-consumer products. And then we also see the front-facing consumer-driven products right now, ChatGPT, which is Glenda, Dolly, which I'll show you later, and then uh, Codex, right? This says Microsoft's recent victory in landing a $10 billion Pentagon cloud computing contract called Jedi could make life more complicated for one of the software giant's partners, the independent artificial intelligence research lab, OpenAI. They call it independent, but there was nothing independent about it. It says OpenAI was created in 2015 by Silicon Valley luminaries, including Elon Musk all right, and Peter Thiel, uh, to look to the far horizon and save the world. The newborn nonprofit said it had commitments totaling $1 billion and would work on artificial intelligence. It's, it's no longer a nonprofit, by the way. Quote, to benefit humanity as a whole, unconstrained by a need to generate financial return, end quote. But OpenAI restructured into a for-profit this year. Okay, there we go. So 2019, they became a for-profit, saying it needed more money to fulfill its goals and took... W- $1 billion from Microsoft in a deal that involves helping the company's cloud division develop new AI technology. Now, this says $1 billion, and I believe, based on what I researched, this was the first deal with Microsoft. Later came the promise of the full $10 billion. Because remember, this is 2019, but this is important, all right? Because this is the beginning of, you know, Elon Musk and these guys saying they're setting up a nonprofit called Open Artificial Intelligence to help everyone get access to artificial intelligence. But then they pull back that promise like the uh, Indian givers they are, and they say, oh, no, never mind. We're going for profit, and we're going to take a billion dollars from Microsoft, right? This is how it always works. You can never believe these people. You cannot believe these are con men. These are snake oil salesmen. These are scammers, schemers, hackers, hijackers, pirates, and thieves. You cannot believe them. They will sit there and tell you, we are building AI to save humanity. And then two years later, they go, well, we changed our mind. We built AI to kill humanity. I mean, this is how they operate, folks. Do not trust these people. They're they're no different than politicians. It goes on to say, now, Microsoft's Jedi win raises the possibility that OpenAI's work for the benefit of humanity may also serve the U.S. military. Asked if anything would prevent OpenAI technology reaching the Pentagon, the lab's CEO, Sam Altman, said its contract with Microsoft requires, quote, mutual agreement, end quote, before any particular technology from the lab can be commercialized by the software giant. He declined to discuss what OpenAI might agree to or what the company's stance is on helping the U.S. military. Microsoft declined to comment on its deal with OpenAI. See, see, they weren't even willing to come out and say, no, we won't do that. Right? They weren't even willing to say that. No one will comment. 
There's reason to think fruits of the collaboration may interest the military. The Pentagon's cloud strategy lists four tenets for the Jedi contract, among them the improvement of its AI capabilities. This comes amidst its broader push to tap tech industry AI development seen as far ahead of the governments. Now, I will point this out to you. In my opinion, the war on humanity, the war we are probably in right now, I'll eventually talk about this, you know, World War III, it's not the type of war that you're used to. It's not countries being pitted against each other. World War III is not going to be in the form, in my opinion, of Russia versus Ukraine and then people pick their sides, Russia or NATO. Uh, The war that is going on now is the war against humanity. So artificial intelligence does not necessarily, I use this as an example to make it easier for you guys to understand in the scope of the former conversations. AI does not have to be utilized to develop autonomous targeted weapon systems. We're talking about drones that shoot missiles. We're talking about missiles that just fire out of the ground, you know, based on, I don't know, a computer running an algorithm, recognizing a terrorist face via facial recognition on a smart pole in the middle of Belize. No, that's not what it has to be. AI in of itself is the weapon. All right. If AI in any form replaces humans in the workforce, if AI is used to invade privacy, if AI squashes liberty, freedom, you know, and autonomy, then AI is the weapon itself. It doesn't have to develop a targeted weapon system. It is the targeted weapon system. AI and the algorithms, the calculations and the formulas behind it, that is the targeted weapon system. It goes on to say Secretary of Defense Mark Esper said at a conference last week that building up military AI was crucial to stay ahead of the Pentagon's primary competitors, China and Russia. Now, if you remember Theodore Kaczynski, the Unabomber, we covered him extensively. What did he say back in 1995 when he wrote Industrial Society and Its Future? In there, he said that the nation-state game, nationalism, actually helps to advance technocracy. Why the space race? Why the nuclear race? Why the central bank digital currency race? Why the artificial intelligence race? See what they do right here? Well, Russia and China are going to have it, therefore we have to beat them at it. And then Russia and China tell their citizens the same thing. United States is competing. So before you know it, we're all at the same level of central bank digital currency, artificial intelligence. Why? Because they framed it as a race, as a competition, as the Olympics of technocracy. Quote, there are a few key technologies out there, end quote, he said. Quote, I put AI number one, end quote. So there you go. That's Mark Esper. This is under Donald Trump saying that artificial intelligence is number one, forms this partnership with Microsoft to get access to OpenAI. It goes on to say OpenAI is known for flashy projects that push the limits of the technology by marshalling huge amounts of computing power behind machine learning algorithms. The lab has developed bots that play the complex video game Dota 2, software that generates surprisingly fluid text, and a robot control system capable of manipulating a Rubik's Cube. 
None of them seem likely to be immediately useful to Microsoft or its customers, but the infrastructure that OpenAI has built to power its flashy demos could be adapted to more pragmatic applications. Now, since this occurred, we see the rollout of ChatGPT, Dolly, Codex, and other projects coming out of OpenAI, right? Why? Beginning of the adoption by the consumer market, by regular people, of using artificial intelligence. Next step, it will be embedded in everything else through the API connection to OpenAI that Microsoft is managing, right? This is how you force adoption. This is what I've told you. This is adoption campaign. This is how it works. This is how you start putting it in people's hands. Over time, they get used to it. They go, okay, I accept it. This is fantastic. I can talk to Glenda. All right, it goes on to say closer ties with the Pentagon and the Jedi contract in particular make some people in the tech industry uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm sure. Everyone in the tech industry is taking military money. So to even play that game is ridiculous. It goes on to say, uh, and let me just be honest. I do believe, I'm reading this to you because I want you to see what's been reported in the uh, public sector here. And if you read Wired and such, this is in other places as well. They plant these in Bloomberg. So if you're an investor, if you're into tech, you're reading these kind of articles. This provides cover for the real weapon, which is artificial intelligence itself. I'm going to be totally 100% clear about that. It goes on to say last year, employee protests, including from AI researchers, forced Google to say it would not renew a contract applying AI to drone surveillance imagery. Google also released a set of ethical principles for its AI projects, which allow for military work but forbid weapons development. The company later withdrew its Jedi bid, saying the contract conflicted with those new AI ethics rules. All right, see, again, this provides cover, right? So it looks like Google's the good guy because they're refusing to build uh, facial recognition into drones. Meanwhile... All their stuff is going into smart poles and smart cities and everything else. See, the war on humanity has already been waged. So now what they're going to use is this military talk. We promise we're not going to work with the military or work to build targeted weapons systems when the whole entire thing is a targeted weapons system. It is true, folks. It is true. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 